Greetings, friends. It's January 12th, and this is the One-Year Bible Tour Guide, a podcast designed to encourage your reading through all 66 books of the Bible in 365 days. We're glad to be on another round of reading the scriptures aloud and spending a few moments each day reflecting upon daily portions from the Old and New Testaments, plus a refreshing stop at the Bible's prayer and songbook, the Book of Psalms. We also visit the Bible's treasure chest of wisdom, the Book of Proverbs, with practical truisms which are so helpful as a frame of reference, guiding us in how we handle the stuff of life, be it our relationships or our finances, as we will learn today. My name is David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher at New Life Community Church in Concord, Massachusetts, and it's my pleasure to serve as your reading host and tour guide, highlighting elements that will help you make sense of the overarching story from Genesis to Revelation. My objective is to encourage you to keep on reading the scriptures so that you can take in the full beauty of what God has given of special revelation in His Word. So let's get started with today's reading from the Old Testament using the one-year Bible reading plan. We're picking up where we left off yesterday, Genesis chapter 26, verse 17, and we will read through to chapter 27, verse 46. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. So Isaac departed from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham his father, which the Philistines had stopped after the death of Abraham. And he gave them the names that his father had given them. But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of spring water, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, The water is ours. So he called the name of the well Essek, because they contended with him. Then they dug another well, and they quarreled over that also. So he called its name Sitna. And he moved from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth, saying, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. From there he went up to Beersheba, And the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham your father. Fear not, for I am with you and will bless you and multiply your offspring for my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants dug a well. When Abimelech went to him from Gerar with Ahazath, his adviser, and Philcol, the commander of his army, Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me, seeing that you hate me and have sent me away from you? They said, We see plainly that the Lord has been with you. So we said, Let there be a sworn pact between us, between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you, that you will do us no harm. Just as we have not touched you and have done to you nothing but good and have sent you away in peace. You are now the blessed of the Lord. So he made them a feast, and they ate and drank. In the morning they rose early and exchanged oaths. And Isaac sent them on their way, and they departed from him in peace. That same day Isaac's servants came and told him about the well that they had dug, and said to him, We have found water. He called it Sheba. Therefore the name of the city is Beersheba to this day. When Esau was forty years old, he took Judith, the daughter of Beeri, the Hittite, to be his wife, and Basamoth, 
the daughter of Elon the Hittite, and they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. Chapter 27 Isaac Blesses Jacob When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau his older son and said to him, My son. And he answered, Here I am. He said, Behold, I am old, I do not know the day of my death. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me, and prepare for me delicious food, such as I love, and bring it to me so that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare for me delicious food, that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord before I die. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats, so that I may prepare from them delicious food for your father, such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father to eat, so that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be mocking him, and bring a curse upon myself, and not a blessing. His mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice, and go, bring them to me. So he went, and took them, and brought them to his mother. And his mother prepared delicious food, such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau her older son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob her younger son. And the skins of the young goats she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. And she put the delicious food and the bread which he had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. So he went into his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? He answered, Because the Lord your God granted me success. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near, that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac his father, who felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him, because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. He said, Are you really my son Esau? He answered, I am. Then he said, Bring it near me, that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him, and he ate, and he brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him. And Isaac smelled the smell of his garments, and blessed him, and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you of the dew of heaven, and of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let peoples serve you, and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. 
Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be everyone who blesses you. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac his father, Esau his brother came in from his hunting. He also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that you may bless me. His father Isaac said to him, Who are you? He answered, I am your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled very violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate it all before you came, and I have blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry, and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully, and he has taken away your blessing. Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has cheated me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. Then he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Isaac answered and said to Esau, Behold, I have made him lord over you, and all his brothers I have given to him for servants, and with grain and wine I have sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Then Isaac his father answered and said to him, Behold, away from the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be, and away from the dew of heaven on high. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother, but when you grow restless you shall break his yoke from your neck. Now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. But the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau comforts himself about you by planning to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to Laban, my brother, in Haran, and stay with him a while, until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you, and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereft of you both in one day? Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I loathe my life because of the Hittite women. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, one of the women of the land, What good will my life be to me? And this is the end of today's portion from the Old Testament. Now let's take a few moments to recap and reflect upon what we have just read. As we continue to read in Genesis, we learn of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and how he's preparing a nation through which would come the Messiah. Isaac, the son, is once again a type of Christ, the son in relationship to the father, not in moral character, but in the overall pattern of his imitation of his father Abraham's doings. He follows in the footsteps of his father. In this way, it reminds us of Jesus. In John chapter 5, verse 19, we read, Therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, 
these things the Son also does in like manner. What Isaac does, his father has already done. He camps in Gerar as his father did, in Genesis chapter 20, verse 2. He uncovers the wells that his father had previously dug there. Even in his errors he imitates his father, calling his wife his sister, in Genesis chapter 26, verse 7. Watchman Nee wrote about Isaac in his book, Changed into His Likeness, quote, Constituted the heir by divine promise, he, that is Isaac, was born not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Foreshadowing Galatians chapter 4, verse 29. Apart from Christ, there was no other of whom this was said. Let us briefly recount some other ways in which Isaac may be a type of Christ. To Sarah, Isaac was Abraham's only true son, the Beloved, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17. Laid by his father on the altar, he was received back as from the dead to be to him the risen one. After Sarah herself died, and her age of grace was past, Isaac's bride, a figure of the church, was brought to him from a far country. Yet she came to him as the church of God's will, not brought in from without, but born from within. For Rebekah and Isaac were of one blood, one family, as are Christ and his own. Moreover, Isaac really did occupy his inheritance. Abraham at one point went down into Egypt, and Jacob returned to Mesopotamia, but Isaac was born, lived, and died in Canaan. This is the son who is in heaven, who never left his father's bosom. In his old age, Isaac at last did have his own ideas about blessing his sons. He wanted to bless Esau, but God would not let him do something his father had not done. He too had to bless the younger son. In the end, even the tomb in which Isaac was laid was the one provided by his father. End quote. The book of Genesis gives us a wide-open window to the scheming, deceitful hearts of humankind. We can see why the psalmist said, All men are liars, in Psalm 116, verse 11. There is no one who does good, in Psalm 14, verse 1. In Genesis chapter 27, all the characters involved are scheming, yet God's sovereign purpose prevails. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is a God of all grace. Another principle, by way of application, is to note how Isaac is deceived by feeling. His sense of touch overrides his sense of hearing. He is deceived into believing the lie. It felt like Esau was asking for the blessing, even when what he heard was the voice of Jacob. We would do well to listen to the voice of the Word of God. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of Christ. And let that take precedence over everything else. Now let's go to our next stop in our Bible reading tour, to the New Testament, where we're reading from the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verses 1 through 17. Jesus heals a paralytic. And getting into a boat, he crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he then said to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and went home. When the crowd saw it, they were afraid, 
and they glorified God who had given such authority to men. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch tears away from the garment, and a worse tear is made. Neither is new wine put into old wine skins. If it is, the skins burst, and the wine is spilled, and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wine skins, and so both are preserved. And this concludes our reading from today's portion from the New Testament, from the Gospel of Matthew. Here we have more evidence of Jesus' deity. We learn of Jesus' authority to forgive sins, something ultimately only God can do. Jesus substantiates this claim by healing the paralytic in Matthew chapter 9, verse 5. We see the great danger of the sin of self-righteousness in the attitude of the Pharisees. They looked down upon Jesus because he ate with the tax collectors and sinners. They didn't recognize that they were greater cheats than the tax collectors by not exercising their responsibilities as the teachers of Israel to point out that Jesus was the fulfillment of the messianic prophecies, the Savior that they so desperately needed. These doctors of the law saw themselves as healthy when in fact they were deathly ill. These people failed to see their need for the Savior and their need for grace. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why is your teacher eating with the tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard this, he said, It is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire compassion and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Matthew chapter 9, verses 11 through 13. Jesus answers the question that the disciples of John the Baptist had about the liberty of Jesus' disciples. Jesus clarifies with this parable of the wineskins that he did not come to put a new patch on the old religion. He came to give a new kind of life and a new kind of relationship with God, a new covenant relationship in which God becomes a husband to his people and we can joyously celebrate doing life together, that is, having fellowship. The Apostle Paul puts it this way in the book of Romans, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Now let's go to the book of Psalms, where we're going to read Psalm 10, verses 16 through 18. The Lord is King forever and ever. The nations perish from His land. O Lord, You hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, so that the man who is of the earth may strike terror no more. 
This excerpt from Psalm 10 gives us great perspective for prayer. Jesus is King. We who believe have been delivered from the dominion of darkness and transferred into His kingdom. His rule takes precedence over all. The rule of all competitors will fail. The wicked will return to shale and certain judgment. Let us intercede for those who are afflicted, fatherless, oppressed, and captive to fear. May they be released from their bonds through faith in the power of the word. And now let's go to the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, for some practical wisdom as to how to manage our finances, a promise to those who honor the Lord with their wealth. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the firstfruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. This is a principle of the stewardship of God's grace. All that we have belongs to Him. We should honor Him as our total resource by offering Him the first, that is the best, of our produce. The Lord blesses a grateful heart. Now let's pray together. Father, thank You for this new life in Christ. It is a privilege to read, hear, study, memorize, and meditate upon your word and let it take precedence in our thinking. Help us to discern what is truly of you. As Jesus could do nothing apart from you, we can do nothing apart from him. Keep us abiding in the true vine. We want to honor you with all that we are and all that we have. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for joining us in this one-year Bible tour, and we pray that it's a blessing to you. We trust that this daily time that you take in the Word will inspire the meditations of your heart and that you will be well furnished for every challenge that this day may bring. We would love to learn how you're getting on in your pursuit of reading through the Bible. And if you would like to share your comments, your discoveries, your questions, or any requests that you may have, you can contact us by email writing podcast at newlife.org and we will do our best to get back in touch with you. And you can learn more about the ministries of New Life at our website and also how to subscribe to a free daily email with a written commentary with charts, maps, and pictures to help you navigate your way with us through the one-year Bible. The website's easy to find, newlife.org. And there you can also learn how you can support ministries like this, our daily podcast and our various ministries of the Word to make disciples of all kinds of people throughout all the world. Think of how reading God's Word is such a privilege and how it has blessed you. And don't forget to tell others about this podcast and respond by indicating that you like it or click to subscribe and you will help us in our mission to spread the word and the love of the truth. God bless you and may he keep you looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Shalom.